1: Well, it's very special. The the blue note has been very special. And we've always said it's not the name in the back. It's the blue note on the front. So that's what you play for. And I told all the fellas here, the only thing missing with this blue note is a parade down Market Street. So please bring me one.
2: It's the voice of Bobby Plager who passes away yesterday at the age of 78. Welcome back into BK and Ferrario here on one one ESPN. As we were remembering the life and legacy of number five in your programs and number one in your hearts. And you hear Bobby talking about getting that parade here in St. Louis tried so hard as a player, but finally got it a couple of years ago. Another player who, uh, who was with Bobby trying to accomplish that ultimate goal here in St. Louis was a former teammate of his Terry crisp, who was on the Nashville predators broadcast for the national hockey league and crisper. Berger- joins us now here on 101 ESPN on the Brown and and Celebrity Line. Terry, I know it was such a, a tough day for so many people who knew Bobby Plager, not just in the blues community but in the hockey community, but you hear him talking about that parade that he wanted so desperately, and you were a part of those cup teams in the first couple of years. Uh, what did it mean to finally get to see Bobby Plager hoist that Stanley Cup a couple of years ago?
1: You know what, that was one of the best. My wife and I watched that whole series, uh, obviously we did, and, those, and when it was one, we both looked at each other and says, Bobby Plager is going to have the biggest smile on his face of anybody in the sporting world. I don't care what sport you want to do because Bobby Plager and I go back to when we first started in 67 as an original, he had that blue note not, not uh, really, but tattooed <laughs> to him. And, he, and Bobby wore that thing on his heart and his heart on his sleeve. And When we heard the news, and, of course, I've talked to some of the the fellas, the sad news is, but you know what? When we heard the news, what flashed my mind was how sad we were, but also flashed at the same time, what a life Bobby led and how much fun and humor that he brought into everybody else's life, starting with the hockey team, then when he moved into uh, PR work and then working with the teams, wherever Bobby went, he made friends, had hum- I mean, humor, glow. you're going to hear all the stories about him, but unless you lived with him and were there with him, you can't really appreciate wh- what he brought to life and how he loved life
0: and hockey. So Terry, tell us a little bit about that. What was that like <laughs> back in the day? I mean, we, we see him now 50 years ago, though. What was a young Bobby Plager like to be around?
1: Oh, my Lord. He, his mind was devious. I got to tell you, I, I was thinking if I had to go over in my mind guys that I would not want to get into a peeing fight with for uh, jokes, to play jokes against each other. At the top of my list would be Bobby Plager. Uh, right close behind him would be uh, Mark Bergevin, the GM of the Montreal. Canadians, and a third guy that i uh, had encountered in my career for jokes was uh, jim Papinski. but bobby plager i'm telling you he was i don't think he had to sit up at night thinking of things to do but he i can, i've got time for a real quick one. Oh, you got Please. time for plenty got all the time okay uh lynn patrick was our gm and lynn didn't make very many trips but he always came over to san Francisco. when we played oakland because he bought these special silk shirts that he could only buy in San Francisco. So he's on this trip, and he buys three of these really beautiful silk shirts. So the trip's over. We're on the bus. They're getting on the hotel on the bus, going to the airport, flying home. And that's a bit of a trip to the airport. So Lynn falls asleep immediately on the bus, Lynn Patrick. So Bobby's at the back. He sneaks up, reaches up where the shirts are in this bag above him, takes the shirts to the back of the bus. He takes a little razor blade, and he cuts all the buttons, off the shirts, just nips all the buttons off these silk shirts, throws the buttons out the window, packages the shirts back up like perfect like they were, and puts them back up above. Now, whose mine? Think <laughs> of that. God bless. And we all waited for Lynn. To his credit, Lynn never came in the dress and never said a word, but I can guarantee you he knew exactly who the culprit was on that one. And that's just that's just mild for how how Bob's mind works. So like I said, the one thing that you always always knew when we met him and, and kept I kept in touch with him through all the years that he always had a joke. And it was always a new joke, not a repeat, but a new one. I used, I said to Bob Bobby, how the hell does your mind work? You can you can remember these jokes that you're telling him. he says, Crispy, it's just Natural to me said i don't know why I said well, I said don't lose that natural ability because it makes all of us fun.
2: It does, Terry, and I think that's the best part of Bobby, and there's so many elements that made Bobby who he was, but it was the pranks, and you tell that story about Lynn Patrick. That's Bobby, though. Like he, It was no holds bar. It didn't matter if you were the team president. It didn't matter if you were a general manager. Heck, it didn't matter if you were Hall of Famer Scotty Bowman as the head coach. He was going to find a way to prank you at some point, right?
1: Oh, automatic. Automatic. He. Uh, I'm trying to think of which person it was had got to him and we started on a road trip and you know back then you didn't have suits What uh, you had one suit and one blazer and depending on which one you wore the whole trip that was it and whatever happened Noel Picard got one up on Bobby so partway at the early part of the trip uh, we're at a practice wherever Bobby goes in and he cuts off one of the legs the pants up to the knee on Noel Picard's pants, cute mm-hmm. pants. Now, for the rest of the trip, to Noel's credit, he wore the pants <laughs> with the one they cut off. I'm laughing only because I don't want to cry. <laughs> and um, that, that's what you do when you are sad. You cover up with humor. and But that just tells you what we miss with Bobby gone.
0: Terry, we all know how, how close he was with his brothers, and the fact that they were able to play together here in St. Louis was, was speci- such a special thing. Uh, what was, was that like? Not only to have Bobby Plager on those teams, but also to have his brother on those or brothers rather on those teams.
1: Well, they're all from the same uh, c- uh, cloth. All three—Billy, Bartley, and Bob—and they were dangerous. Now, <laughs> imagine one of them coming at you. But when you looked out on the ice and you saw three of them out there, uh, you know, if I'm on the other team, I'm not hitting any one of them because you know for sure you're going to deal with three of them. And before the night's over, one of those three is going to find you in a a vulnerable position and you're going to feel it. And then Bobby Plager probably was one of the best but dangerous hip checkers in the league. Leo Boyvin was the best one I ever saw early in the game for the Boston Bruins. And then Bobby came along, and he had timing in the neutral zone. I don't know how many guys Bobby flipped over his back with that hip check. But when you had the three plaguers, but you know what? Alla brothers, they would argue and fight among themselves more than anybody. In the dressing room, wherever they were. And poor Billy, he was the youngest, and he thought that, well, being the youngest, he was going to take charge. Uh, bad move, Billy. Bad move. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the, that just is like, Bobby, you know, and he, when he, you guys he remember the one year he came to training camp early. and They asked him, what did you want to do? And what did you do for the summer? He said, ah, good job. He said, what was it? He said, oh, he said, up in caddies. We've got a lot of breweries. Just, I was a beer taster all summer. Worked for just tasted the beer for them. And he wrote it in magazines and everything. <laughs> I mean, he just leads you on. And then he just, OK, do what you want with it. <laughs>
2: that's incredible crispy I'd be I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about a moment that so many people remember for Bobby Plager's playing career and it's something that he used to tell so many stories about it was that brawl in Philadelphia and I know you were a part of that team we talked so much about how Bobby had the blue note basically tattooed on his heart he cared more about his teammates than I think he cared about himself and that Philadelphia Flyers brawl was a perfect example of it wasn't it Oh, you
1: know, that was just one of them. I mean, you watched him so often. Uh, If anybody hit anybody, like, dirty, you take a solid hit. Bobby was the first one to remember it, and you had to know before the game was over, whoever pulled it on the other team was going to get at least one Bobby Plager hip check or run into the boards. And as you mentioned, you know, Bobby was great at getting the team together, too, back then. Bobby was single, don't forget, for a lot of his years, playing years. and he lived, But whenever there was a party to be had or a house party, Bobby made sure that all the wives and the guys knew about where it was, and you had them at the houses because he didn't make the money back then. But Bobby was always the lead dog saying, okay, Wednesday night, night off, we're going to meet at so-and-so's house and be there. And believe me, everybody would be there. Just because Bobby said, we're going to be there, you're there.
0: Do you remember any particular party that as you're thinking about this immediately comes to mind, you're like, oh, my God, that was a good one?
1: Uh, yeah, the one night that uh, Scotty Bowman, uh, you know, Scotty, God, we love him. But he always had 11 o'clock curfew at home, at home there. And Bobby, this is sort of what uh, Bobby says, okay, he says we're having a party. We said, well, you know. He says, yep. But he says, never. Wor- don't worry about it. He says we'll all get fined. But he said well, we'll, we'll arrange somehow to pay the fine. And whatever happened, I had, still to this day don't know who Bobby twisted, whose arm he twisted. But Scotty knew, and Scotty knew as part of the 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 the, the, the and team thing. Scotty would be Scotty, and fine us $25 each or whatever it was for Mr. Griffin, But he knew it was a tea party and somehow Bobby Pager arranged to have somebody pay the money total for all of us. None of us had to pay the $25. And to this day, Bobby never ever told anybody where he got the money. (laughs) (laughs)
2: that is incredible hey Terry thank you so much for for taking some time today and coming on with us we really appreciate you coming on and sharing these stories on such a a tough day I know for not just uh, former players and former teammates of Bobby but really anybody who who interacted with him so once again thank you for taking some time out today have a great rest of the day and best to you and the family
1: thanks Dallas, and thanks so much for having me on in memory of Bobby and like I said He'll be sorely missed. And to all of the Plager family and whatnot, Sheila and I send our uh, best, best wishes, but we'll be talking with them along the line. And uh, again, Bobby Plager, his jersey is there and he will be remembered forever as a St. Louis Blues.
0: Well said, Terry. Thank you so much. That's Terry Crisp joining us here on 101 ESPN, a teammate of Bobby Plager in the early days of the franchise. He was a, Part of the original crew and man, I, could could you imagine being with those guys? Like you ever sit there? I know. Like
2: (laughs) I I sit there sometimes, like I hear stories that my dad tells all the time when he was a, a kid and a teenager and what he used to do with his buddies. I'm like, man, if only I got to hang out with you guys, if only I could go back in time, right? Like just get that DeLorean and just hop in and go back to 1967 and just be around Bobby and those teammates. Like, what a group of guys that they were. And Terry
0: said it best. I mean, he not only would prank people, but he could rally on things on all of social media from all walks of life of people that have met, took a picture and got an autograph and spent 30 minutes of their time with Bobby Player. Everybody, everybody has a story of that happening in their life. And so the fact that that happened. How did this man have any time to do anything? I I, don't understand. I think Jamie said it best yesterday. I don't know how. I don't know if he ever slept. It he couldn't have. No, it would have been impossible because there are only so many games. There is only so much time at the rink. There is only so much time going to the grocery store. I feel like I'm rushed half my time, and I don't do anything, man. Right. And this guy was doing everything, and so it's it's unbelievable that. He was able to touch so many lives. Yeah, it seems like it should have been impossible.
2: Yeah, I mean that's that's Bobby. I mean I can I can walk you through a, a day in in those playoff runs two years ago. Like we'd get there for morning skate at about nine a.m. Bobby's already Bobby's already there, basically with his coffee in hand, his jacket off, his shirt unbuttoned. He's ready to go. We leave after the locker room at about I don't know 1 o'clock once all the media availability is done. Bobby's still there reading through the stat book. I would get back there probably at about like 4 o'clock to start getting ready for pregame. Bobby's in his office with his glasses on reading through stats. Game's on, Bobby's roaming the halls. Game's over, Bobby's in the lounge with the alumni, Kelly Chase, Chris Kerber, Joe Vitale talking. I don't know if he left the stadium. Like I think he had a mattress in his office because this man loved the blues that much.
0: 65780 is the air comfort service tax line. We will also be happy to take your rhino shield. mic drops on the one Oh one ESPN app. Go over there. If you have a memory, something you'd like to share about your time with Bobby Plager, or if you just have a memory of Bobby Plager that you think was a special um, moment, Send that in via the Rhino Shield mic drop feature. We've got a lot of interviews in the 12 o'clock hour as well, but we'll get to a ton of those coming up in the 1 o'clock hour. We really do want to hear from you guys today because Bobby Plager was not just Mr. St. Louis Blue. He was also Mr. St. Louis, and that means that he was a part of this community in a way that is really unique and really special. So 65780 is the Air Comfort Service X-Line. The Rhino Shield mic drop feature is on the 101 ESPN app. We'll get to a few questions and answers, or if you just have some comments about Bobby Plager, this entire show is dedicated to to his life and we'll do it next on 101 ESPN. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by Granger.
1: For the ones who get it done.